your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Level Podcast. Alongside Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. This episode, as always, brought to you by our friends at Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Level, is that a tan I see? Did you get get some sun out in Florida? or? It was sunny, but uh, we weren't out in in it much yeah, weather weather nice there it's um yeah ucf interesting uh because it's not i don't know what i was expecting but it's nowhere near like the the theme park world uh or really even downtown orlando it's kind of in a suburb of, of orlando and it's okay. kind of off by itself and i think most of the activity is about 45 minutes away so um, oh wow of, of like all the all the the fun stuff <laughs> so we yeah, like really... celebration and isn't that where the, the Disney is celebration, Florida. And so it's, it's quite a ways away from the actual inner city, right? I, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just asked our bus drivers like, Hey man, how far away are we from the, you know, the, you know, what Orlando is known for? And he's like, man, you're about 45, 50 minutes away. Wow. He's like, it's not that far, but it, it'd be like driving from Lubbock to, you know, Plainview or something. So, yep. um, yep. anyway, uh, yeah, it's sunny and palm trees and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, UCF is a huge undergrad, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. big commuter school. I think undergrad, I think a couple of years ago, it was like 68,000 undergrad. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think they're in the 70s now. Yeah, for tech, it's, it's like uh, 40,000. But there's not a just a massive on-campus life. It's, it's a, you know, in their facilities, you could tell it's not, they, they've got a ways to go uh, in a variety of uh, categories to kind of step up to to Big 12 world and like college town USA type stuff. But uh, anyway, um, and then it was just a, it wasn't a very pleasurable experience uh, on the floor mm. either. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be a tough game. I mean, I think so many people kind of chalked that up as like, oh man, you know, I'm looking at the record and the rankings on stuff. I mean, UCF is just... I mean, they've got their their health. They weren't healthy the first time you played them. Uh, they were completely healthy this time. Sense of urgency. You weren't healthy at all. Um, and and you just it's a it's a tough matchup as it is. Like most of these are in the Big Twelve because you just when you're missing some of your size uh, or or ability to score uh, or shot making, it's just hard to compete against uh, a team like that. Uh, anyways, and then when you factor in the that they lost four in a row and they were tired of it. They had not checked out. Um, and they've got a coach fighting for his his job and Johnny Dawkins and all that stuff that equals a a 14-point loss that probably was worse than the score indicated, um, if not for a couple of Emily Alajo three-point shots near the end to kind of make it make it look uh, a little bit more palatable, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. Uh you you lost your net ranking drops. I don't know about 14, 15 spots uh, after the loss. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, level. It it seemed like to me from far, um, it it just came down to for not talking about the the extra, the the 
the players that were available, players that weren't healthy, that sort of thing. But within the game, with what you had, Tech once again just struggles to shoot the basketball, and UCF was above average from their own standpoint shooting the basketball from the outside. Well, they, you know, like like a lot of teams, they shoot it much better at home. Uh, yeah. What what it, what it ultimately came down to, though, was that yeah, you couldn't. Um, <clears throat> you were having a hard time on offense against uh, their. They switched defenses up on you a bunch. They look like a NBA G League team. I um, mean, it's amazing the store that they were shopping at to put this team together from the looks of it. Um, yeah, I mean, just. At one point, they had, I think they had seven foot, six eleven, and six eight on the floor, and you, you've got these smaller guards trying to penetrate the lane, and there's just not a lot of room to to. I mean, passing lanes are clogged up. You you, you maybe feel like you you reverse the defense uh, or, or move the defense by reversing the ball, and you feel like you got an open shot, and then that that just longer arm or you know, bigger player, it doesn't take long for them to rotate over. And then it's like, okay, all that space is closed up just like that. Um, but what it came down to was, yeah, you were going to have to hit some threes and you you do make eight in this game, but a couple of those were, were late in the game when the game had, had long since been decided. Sure. But you, you couldn't keep them out of the paint. And then you really weren't really couldn't get into the paint or really good when you get there or got there. And that's kind of what summed it up. I mean, points in the paint, 32 to 12, um, you know, it was just, you know, and, and here's the thing. We, we know how much you miss Warren. He starts the game. He plays 12 minutes. He's still working his way back. He just didn't, wasn't able to give you much at all. Uh, didn't score, had a couple of rebounds, turned it over three times. Uh, and and you needed him like you did the first game to like be Warren and what, what you've had. And then you take away a piece like Chance McMillan who didn't play and and you needed Pop and Joe to have a really really good game, and those guys combined for I think like what? Uh, um, let me make sure here. Uh, yeah, eleven points total. They were three of nineteen. Excuse me, four of nineteen from the field. Uh, one of fourteen from three. I mean, you know, and you needed the your your guards got got outplayed by their guards. Sellers and Darius Johnson and Jalen Sellers, they went for 31 points combined. And that was kind of the difference. Yeah, yeah. It was just it wasn't what a pretty day. And uh to specify down to thirty-nine in the net rankings from twenty-seven. So twelve spot okay, drop. So twelve spots, yeah. Well, still twelve spots is a big yeah. drop with when with one game, and honestly, that one's probably the toughest one to lose of your remaining. Well, no, there's obviously two more. Toughest one, not at yeah. home. Um, so you got you got a couple more, four more opportunities here. We haven't talked about the TCU game, which you, yeah. you found a way, found yeah, a way to did. win that one. Um, Unbelievable is, when there when I wasn't sure that you could get it done. Yeah. You know, uh, and and you had some of the same problems. You just couldn't stop TCU when they got going downhill. Uh, a bad shot or a turnover, it was automatic going the other way. I mean, TCU is a big-time team in transition. And luckily, your defense stepped up big at the end, and they went on a stretch where they missed seven or eight shots in a row, and that's what allowed you to kind of catch up. And then the the free-throw line was really, really good to you. Uh, Pop, I think, was 11 of 12. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the second half, uh, or maybe in the game, uh, I think he made all of his ones in the, in the, uh, in the second half, excuse me, but you were like 15 of 16 in the second half is what I meant to say. And you, you had to manufacture offense. And as we know, by the final score, you winning by one, you, you needed every single one uh, of them. <laughs> Otherwise we're, yeah. we're playing free basketball and you may have ended up losing. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it that was a good win, uh, but it, it, it's a weird week in that, you know. Th- and this is the this is the part that I, I think uh, this is why this league is so good because these teams at the bottom of the standings they've all beaten some of the best teams in the league. Yeah, they have. I mean, and you're you're looking at a, I mean, Kansas may end up ultimately being like a one, two, or a three seed in the tournament. I mean, UCF's got to win over them, you know, and uh, they've beaten Texas. They've beaten Oklahoma. Now they've beaten Texas Tech. I mean, all those all those teams are right there in, in line for a bid or or firmly on the bubble, and and they've got wins over them. And they're, they're what, three games difference between you and UCF in the standings. It's not like, like this drastic gap, yeah. uh, you know, and um, – you know, you're you're tied for third in the league and, and they're they're like near the bottom, but that's like I said, it's all just kind of a jumbled up everybody beating up on everybody type type of mess, which is why this league is the best in the country. Yeah, and we've seen it all year long, yet still there are results that, that kind of like, oh, catch you catch you mm-hmm. by surprise. Uh even though we've seen it night in and night out in the Big Twelve. There shouldn't be a single result out there that surprises you at this point, but there still are some. Now, this week, as you look ahead, two massive games. Uh, obviously, the one on your home floor to start things against two against Texas on Tuesday night. Texas may be the most bipolar team out there. When they're good, they 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 are really good. But they've had a lot of bad games this year too, and and Texas Tech maybe had one of those more surprising results to start the Big Twelve season off by beating Texas on their home floor by 11 earlier this year. So all that being said, level, what do we even expect on Tuesday night? What should we expect on Tuesday night? I expect an extremely hostile environment. That's probably (laughs) something you can chalk up. Absolutely. I mean, they've been camping out for this game since Friday. Uh, that army continues to grow. Yep. Uh, I think we will all miss this. Uh, it's probably just what the doctor ordered for uh, a Texas Tech team that's not probably feeling great, literally and figuratively, uh, as far as health goes. Uh, but nothing gets the juices flowing than like a, a matchup like this where everybody's just there's there's some hatred there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, Brock Cunningham and. All, all the all the antics that come with that and just you know i mean it's just that they're, they're they're extremely fun to beat uh as fun to beat as jamie dixon uh which i thoroughly enjoy that watching, was fun watching him uh lose uh at the hands of the red raiders yeah he's quite the antagonist um yeah. stomp around pout like a little two-year-old <laughs> yeah, after he loses on the, on the on the all over the floor all over uh, the yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, it drives everybody crazy, which is, I think, probably partly why he does it. But I mean, can can we not get something from the league at this point? Everybody knows he does it. He gets way out onto the floor, like three point line level. But you have all these coaches that have been ejected. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, or teed up. I mean, I, I think he's skirted a lot of that. Uh, honestly, yeah, it is crazy because he's yeah he's very outspoken, but and animated and just kind of an antagonist in general. But you know, I, I expect a, a, a very tough game on Tuesday night. Uh, this is going to be a, a game that the fans are going to sink their teeth into. It's going to be an unbelievable environment for an eight o'clock tip. Uh, the student crowd should be completely packed. Which you know, and again, this is a this is a last chance, man. I mean, this is uh, yeah. You, you don't get this anymore. And I hope that uh, if you can't, you know, you know, I, I would encourage anybody that can get there to be there just because you're, you're not sure how it will play out, but you know, th- these are, these are kind of special and, uh, yeah. and you just, you hope you can, you can get a result because that's the most important thing. And uh, it's not going to be easy in Texas. Just, Never really in the game over the weekend in Lawrence, uh, having to go to, to Allen Fieldhouse and then uh, the United Supermarkets Arena and back-to-back road trips is a pretty tough ask. I think the big, tw- I mean the the Texas Longhorns would be glad uh, to head to the SEC. I think because so. you don't you don't you don't get these uh, from a basketball standpoint. You don't get these environments uh, in, in that league uh, night in and night out. You just don't and. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, and, and here's the thing that Texas, it's not like they turn it over a ton. I think they hung with Kansas on the glass. Like you look at it statistically and it was pretty even and Texas even has the nod on a lot of it. I mean, it wasn't a parade to the free throw line for Kansas or anything, but the difference was is Texas sh- just shot it so poorly compared to how good, I mean, Kansas shot, shot I think 63% yeah. uh, from the field in the game. And, and you're going to win most games you play when you shoot it that well. And Texas, I think, was in like the 36, 37% range. So that's the difference. What makes me nervous about this one is I think Max Acemas, who's one of the top scorers in college basketball history, I think he finished with like two points on one of one of seven shooting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was dinged up, something's wrong with him. It makes me nervous because, I mean, typically really, really good players like that don't have back-to-back, yes. you know, Right. So uh, my my antenna will be up uh, there big time. And Dylan D'Souza's been playing really good lately. Trey Mitchell, uh, you know, and but yeah, they are kind of, you know, they'd been better on the road than they had at home. Then they started turning on at home, and now they're not very good on the road. So you're right. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, they may be the hardest team to figure out in the Big Twelve this year. And you so, have to be prepared, though, sure. for them to play really well and good bounce person. back. Yeah. And you need to bounce back. I don't know who will be available for you. That's mm-hmm. also part of the equation here. Um, you know, so. and one thing that does factor into, well, you could apply it to both the games, but one win this week pretty well. And I know the sites are set higher for a lot of Tech fans and within the program, really. But one win this week pretty well locks you into the NCAA tournament. It's your 20th win of the year. It's your ninth win, so you would guarantee at least a, a 500 record in Big 12 play in the best conference in the country. So you, you get that win on Tuesday. That's that's kind of what's at stake. Yeah, it is. And that, now you, having said that, you don't want to like go, okay, we're done and limp to the finish line and exactly. lose out yeah. or anything and, and chance it. But, yeah, you're right. I think for all intents and purposes that – you know, 21 season, 500 record in the league, it, it would get you in for sure. But I think you're now you're, you're playing for an improved situation. Exactly. Um, yep. And, and you need to, you know, you need to get healthy is the first thing you need to like make sure that your guys are right. And, and, and all that it's, this has been very frustrating, but this is part of, 
being so thin um, to this point is that guys are starting to wear down a little bit. You can tell. And I think that, you know, the chance have played, you know, uh, on Saturday, maybe, but I, I just don't think they felt good enough about it. And maybe yeah. just kind of was like, we, we, we gotta, we gotta cut him some slack here. We need him for the big picture. And then with Warren, could he have played on Tuesday against TCU Maybe. maybe. Uh, and then you could even say that, you know, maybe he, they could have even held him out against uh, and just not even tried to let him go, but you're trying to break the seal on it. So that, you know, against Central Florida. So, you know, you, but you, you just need your guys back, man. And, yeah. uh, and I thought Jennings and Lindsay and Lamar and EY, some of those guys have done some good things at times, but sure. leaning on them for heavy minutes is a bit tricky against some of these teams that are fighting for their lives here and, and that's what you pretty much have, uh, you know, the rest of the way, with the exception of Baylor. Uh, that's what you're. That's what you're going to play against is Texas, and then obviously West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Yeah, they've got to try to figure out a way to win the conference tournament, and and those coaches are both trying to win every game they can to ensure that they maybe get another crack at it. I think Eilert probably out at West Virginia no matter what. Yep. But Mike Boynton, you know, um, went on a, a bit of a rant. Uh, recently, and then they won two straight. Then they lost one at the buzzer against Oklahoma. So their their freshmen are growing up. And anyway, better. it's yeah. yeah, it's just it, on paper it looks like one thing, but I think in all reality, it, it's going to be a, a tough ending to the season, uh, and and not a lot of gimmies here. Even though that this is like some teams at the bottom of the standings, this is speaks to why the league is so good. Yep, no doubt. Uh, first question from the audience. This one's from Jerry says how can pop get out of his shooting slump will he shoot his way out of it or does he need to take less shots well you know i i here's the thing i i think at some level you have to shoot your way out of it as long as you t- you're taking good shots yeah um he's got to score for you um he scored 19 points the other night against tcu uh largely driving to the lane and getting to the free throw line and and didn't make one three-point uh, you know, shot in that game. I think that's the maturity of, of Pop Isaacs. He's a scorer. He's not a shooter. He's a scorer. He will continue to figure things out. Um, but we saw stretches like this in November and and even well into December, and then he kind of turned it on, and then he's just like a a scoring machine where he really was scoring in a variety of different ways. And yeah, for Texas Tech to be at their peak, he's got to to be a part of it from a scoring standpoint you really have no other choice i mean like d5 D- darian williams and, and like Kerwin, they can only give you so much but like joe and pop they had to come along for the ride against a team like ucf with no chance mcmillan and no warren to kind of supplement your scoring at all i mean pop that's just what he has to give his team and so if it means being more of a volume shooter if they're good shots i'm totally okay with it and i think grant is too and i think that grant you know, sometimes gets frustrated at, you know, on when these shots are taken or how, but I mean, the overall premise is that he's got to score and he's got to continue to put the ball up uh, because in some ways when it's not going well, him penetrating or him just getting the ball up and getting it on the rim and letting you try to go get it uh, with a second chance opportunity is some of your best offense. True. True. Okay. Love it. Let's uh, shift over to another topic college football playoff committee i believe uh this week said or it was discussing uh the possibility of a 14 team playoff starting in 2026 so 
Right now, the contract that they're under for 2024 and 2025 will have a 12-team playoff. And now there's conversation of a 14-team playoff in uh, 2026. What do you make of this? Well, uh, they they were going to tweak the the format here because no Pac-12. So something had to be decided. I think when they agreed to the 12 team, because here's the thing, it it's really bothers me that you haven't even had a 12-team playoff and we're already tweaking it. You're already mm-hmm. adjusting it. And we don't yeah. even know, we don't even know what we didn't even know about the 12-team playoff. What are some things that we haven't thought about? Like, oh, you know, I mean, and so, but the the reason that some of this is getting pressed uh, and pushed hard right now from a timing standpoint, there's a couple of reasons. Ultimately, they, they're going to look at it because when they agreed to the 12-team playoff, they did. They had five power leagues. Yeah. And so it was all fit in nicely with the five and seven model. And all of a sudden now it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this now? Because there is not five power leagues. There, you know, uh, yeah, and what was it? Six and six model, excuse me. Six, six and six and model six. the first time. Now it's a five and seven model. Five and seven now, yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, but you know, the, the, these, these folks kind of running this thing uh, and the commissioners of these power, you know, conferences and, and, you know, Bill Hancock and all the folks that are in charge of this deal, they realize that, well, you know, with now some of the realignment and some of these bloated leagues, it's a bit off kilter. Um, We wouldn't have agreed to this necessarily just to get one AQ uh, automatic qualifying, you know, on a, on a league that has 16, 17, 18 teams in it. Um, these were 12 and 14 team leagues whenever we, you know, agreed to this whole deal. So I understand that premise, but, but yeah. ultimately like everything else, follow the money. ESPN has said, here's this, you know, here's this truckload full of money, money and cash. We're willing to pay for this, the rights to this for the next, you know, six years ish, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. And and it's in the billions and we, you know, what we, we want, we want the rights to it, but you need to let us know uh, what your format is. And you need to let us know right now. Well, I think that they've said, okay, hold on time out, give us some time. And yeah. so you've started to see the leadership say, give us a month. We'll have a decision on format and, and all these things. Uh, so they, cause they've agreed to the TV deal, but it's not been signed. There is yeah. nothing official here. Because ESPN doesn't even know what they bought. We've talked about this. But I think that they've, they've kind of, you started to hear them, them talk, like, we'll, we'll get a decision out in a month. Mm-hmm. And I think ESPN wants it. They want a decision. And, and the reason is they want to have this done and move on so they can start negotiating with the NBA for those right. rights and, and on and on. But they're 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 being held up right now. And so, yeah, you're going to get some. And what I think is going to happen is that I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see something along the lines of a 14 team, you, you know, playoff agreed to, and I think you're going to see uh, leagues like the Big Ten and the SEC get three automatic bids. I think you're going to see leagues like the Big 12 and the ACC get two automatic bids, and then you're going to see the the group of five get get a bid. And then you're going to see a small number of of at large, and like mm-hmm. if my math is correct, it it, it would leave like you, you would have ten automatic bids in this deal, um, from the power four leagues, 
three, three, two, two, mm-hmm. and then one group of five, and then three at largest, which okay. allows more. And, and I think that um, I think that's kind of the industry talk right now. And I think your mark is actually for this model, from what I've gathered. He would sign off on the Big Twelve being guaranteed two, with a chance at maybe even a third. Yeah, I think um, I would too. Yeah, and I don't know I, what what I don't know is is that how the money and the revenue would be broken up because I'm, sure. I'm guessing that you know the Big Ten and the SEC are going to want a tilt a bit there, and so that that factors into on what everybody agrees to, and then the other thing that they're going to that I know the Big Ten and the SEC want is they don't want they don't want somebody on this committee to be able to to hold things up from a legislation standpoint of, hey, I'm not voting for this, and so then it stops. They don't want to like a every yeah. vote to have to be unanimous. G- governance would be the the, sure. the the term that they're all using, and so they're going to basically get it to where you know the majority rules or whatever. Uh, uh, so I don't know, but that's kind of where. We're going, and I think you 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 may get some announcements on that here fairly soon. Yeah, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but something I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch, and I don't know if I'm alone on this or not, but is do we see the top teams get jealous, and not necessarily the teams or the coaches get jealous. Uh, but the administrations of said schools get jealous. Once we see this 12-team playoff that moves into a 14-team playoff where, yeah, the buy is really sexy, but look at teams ranked number five, six, seven, and eight getting to host games on campus, the the most meaningful games they've probably ever hosted at their on their campus sites. Do you think we see these these teams that are getting buys kind of covet what the five six seven eight seeds are getting uh i i would doubt it just because they have an easier path i mean i i, I sure. see and but these are the kinds of topics that i just don't know if we if we really know the reality yet yeah i don't know if we see it play out i mean you're not going to be jealous of that if in that fun game that you're hosting on campus your starting quarterback gets hurt and you're playing an extra game and then you got to go absolutely play that's why i said more extra, yeah administration but, where you you think about man how the revenue and all that sort of thing for a for an extra home game where like this year if if we were doing it this year it would have been florida state hosting ou as a yeah a 512 or you know Georgia. This hosting. is what I. Yeah. This is what I hope, though, out of it. And again, I maybe I'm being Pollyanna-ish, uh, uh, you know, on my thought process here. But you know, I, I hope that it's more entertainment for those of us that like to enjoy this, sure. and and more. It, it may make uh, December a lot more juicy. Um, it's probably going to hurt college basketball in some ways, just because so much attention will be focused on. Um, you know, the, the college football set up, they kept the bowl system in place. So there is still that for those that don't make, right. you know, the, the playoff and there's still going to be what 50, 60 teams that don't make the playoff. But, but I, I, I worry one that when you get an Ohio state in a Michigan game in mid to late November, that is for everything, literally for everything is it is meaningful, you know, in an expanded playoff scenario, or it's like, Hey, maybe this is really just to, to play for who gets a buy and who doesn't. Yeah. The, the loser gets a home game. Oh man. You know, I mean, 
Like, am I, am I as in tune? In other words, does it hurt the regular season at all? Because, and again, I, I could listen to all sides. I'm going to watch them either way. Sure. But I, I wonder, or does it enhance the regular season? Because you've got more games that are more meaningful. Yep. You know, with, with more teams uh, down the stretch. Because I, I look at it like, like let's take, uh, let's take like a Penn State, for example. Penn State is a really good football program. They have uh, they have won nine or ten games, even more in in a variety of years. They can't seem to crack the Ohio State or Michigan code in recent years, and so they're just out. They're playing on New Year's Day all the time. A lot of people love James Franklin. Other people up there are like, okay, if you can't give us more than that, we're going to find somebody that can. You know, we want to run you out of here. Whatever. That's where the the playoff benefits a program like that. That now has a seat at the table uh in 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 a lot of years um you know i don't really have a big 12 example um uh, you know for, for that but like you get what i'm saying penn state is always at the top of the big 10 they're just not winning it yeah you know? and i i think your example oklahoma though. state would be a, oklahoma state would actually be a great example in the in the big 12 win nine or 10 games more every year and you can't, yep. you can't beat OU and a lot of those and you don't win the conference. So all is lost. Well, maybe in some years, not so much. Yeah. I, I think the example that you're looking for in with Oklahoma state with big 12 teams is so many of these teams, Texas tech, if you ever got to that point, you feel like you'd have to in the 14 playoff, you would have had to have taken the route of TCU and gone undefeated in the regular season. That Been felt perfect. like your, your only route without having the brand name on your helmet, it felt like the only route to get there. Now it, it isn't your only route, especially with the automatic bids. And so I do think it enhances in that way, the regular season, but I also understand your point on the other, yeah, it can, it can diminish certain single games like that where they're not as valuable. And, and also brings me to the question of how that what's the purpose necessarily besides seeding games, for the most part, when it comes to conference championships, if you're automatically giving bids to uh, several of these le leagues, automatic bids, it's the top two teams in the Big 12. Those two teams already know they're going into a, a college football. Well, it, in most cases, um, but like, I mean, you think about conference championship games this past, you know, year, uh, this past December. And you, everybody's watching and flipping channels. Okay, is Michigan yeah. going to go ahead and win? Is Florida State, can they somehow pull this off? Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just think there's a, there's a lot of dynamics at play. There's arguments to be made on both sides. Uh, but it, I, I'll just say this. They're not staying at 12. That's going to be very short-lived. Um, you know, The Big Ten and the SEC are going to benefit a bit more. Um, and if, but if I, I'm willing to sign up to something that guarantees the Big 12 two bids, if that is what's presented, I think that's about as good as you could ask for, really. Um, you, you know, c considering that the SEC and the Big 10 really want to, they could go, you know what, screw you guys. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, and so I, I think that's a happy medium there. Um, so anyway. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. One more question uh, before we close this one down level. Uh, this one kind of towards Texas Tech baseball uh, says, why do we play Texas Southern? Why, why do we have series <laughs> like this where you're killing the other team? I, I've seen, uh, I've seen some 
discussion about this. Uh, you know, I got the same thing whenever the Red Raiders are playing Tarleton, you know, back in uh, September. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, you, you get a lot of this in basketball too with a lot right. of those non-conference home games. There is a play, you know, I get it. it it's, it, it is um, a tough sell to some, you know, it's like, okay, that's where it's hard to get attendance or, you know, what, 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 are we even getting anything out of this when you win 32 to five in a baseball game and all that? I, I just think though, that it's unrealistic to think that you, you're, you're going to get a non-conference schedule where you're playing Oregon, Oregon state, um, Nebraska. Uh, I forgot who else UTA was one. I'm trying to remember yeah. all, the, all the games that were, you, you know, that, 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 that's not, that's not necessarily, best for your team at all you have to come at it from a coach's standpoint and a season ticket holder standpoint look there you, you try to get home games you can't get everybody to come to your place uh, a lot of times it's home and home you can only do so many of those because you have to have home games and I think though from a coach's standpoint whether it's coach McGuire coach McCaslin coach Tadlock there there is a place for these kinds of games or series because you get a chance to get a look at some different things that you wouldn't normally be able to look at and, and exactly. develop a few kids, get a, get a few kids in the game and let them kind of get going a bit. Whereas other times it's going to be more difficult. Uh, and you're trying to fight like crazy on a result. Not that you go into these things knowing it's a gimme uh, because you know, you can make news for the wrong reasons in some of these games too. And we see those lead off sports center. Sure. Those are not fun. No, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Tadlock standpoint, you can give some guys some um, time on the mound that you, you don't want to break the seal on their season. And yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it serves its purpose, but I, I've seen some criticism there for it. And it's, and honestly, the criticism comes because of how bad Texas Tech has beaten these teams. So it's like they're Texas <laughs> Tech is creating their own criticism by how sure. much they've, had they won eight to one uh, on Friday night, maybe, yeah. you know, nobody's asking these questions, but when you win 32 to five, it's like, Folks, what are we doing? What's the point? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we're not getting anything out of this. Uh, whereas you weren't winning 32 to 5 last weekend. Um, but you're yeah. not getting Tennessee's and Oregon and Oregon States and, you know, the Nebraska's to to do home and home necessarily. You know, you, you do need some home dates for your season ticket holders and coaches want them for development too. No, I, I think you're exactly right on all of that. The development, maybe as much in baseball as anything, you, you got to figure out what you got because you play so many freshmen. But, um, yeah, I think that's exactly why you see that. Plus, this year is even different than, than previous years because you've added two more baseball series in the Big 12. So your RPI isn't impacted near as much by playing over and over against these lesser teams because you're going to play 10 Big 12 series instead of eight. So your RPIs are automatically going to be helped out that way. Um for baseball but yeah you know you can't play you can't play tennessee every single single go run and tech has hosted some good series you had oh yeah here a few years ago iowa's been here uh indiana oh, Gonzaga, yeah. I mean, michigan yeah i mean that, I, that that's not what i'm saying they've absolutely tested themselves a lot but you, you just don't want to get into where everything is a home and home uh, yeah. and all that you need some guaranteed series so you can kind of cater to your season ticket holders so you can play in front of your fans when exactly the yeah. demand is certainly there with season tickets being sold out same thing with football you know yeah. it's, it's no different and and basketball too i mean it's like you know yeah. you, you're, you're gonna have these 
eight to 10 guarantee games. And then even next year, like to your baseball example, you're going to bloat your conference series or conference uh, games from 18 to 20. Exactly. And yeah. so that affects your non-conference. So those games will be even more important in some ways next year yeah. uh, than they are now. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on. The one thing I would like is just in general, seeing more in basketball. I would love to just see more home and homes, you know, just once or twice a year, but it, and yeah. you know what? What you're seeing is that the baseball industry is starting to creep up on yeah. this MTE. It's a cottage industry. Oh, it is. And and ESPN runs that version of of the college basketball one, and it's so you can go to these neutral sites and you can get a bunch of good games and yep. not have to leave. And you know, and and it's a it's a cottage industry, and we can bring you to a hotel and casino and a tropical yeah. destination or an NBA arena. I mean, and on and on it goes, and you can get people to agree to it. And it's like I'm not going to Lubbock, exactly. I mean, screw that, you know. Yeah. And then you get maybe Tech going, I'm not going to Rupp Arena, like or 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 I don't insert you know whatever you want sure. to. Sure. That's what was so fun about the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. It was like built in, like there was forced, no yeah, yeah. And now you just have the Big East, which I think is going to go away too. Uh, are we going to get point. a? Are we going to get a Big Twelve? Uh, I guess Big Ten Challenge set up. I know there was talks of it. Well, but... that was talk, but that was prior to realignment and everything. And now okay. I don't know if it makes as much sense. It's also that's this is also why you're basically saying we're going to go from eighteen to twenty. So. In lieu of in lieu of an eighteen game conference schedule with a Big East game and an SEC game guaranteed, we'll just play two more conference games. So you've kind of semi neutralized it uh, a bit uh, by by that, and 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 it's going to cut down on the MTV MTE events too, which stands for multi team event. Yep. Because it's whereas a lot of teams do a neutral side or do a couple of these MTEs. Now maybe you just do one, and then maybe you get back to a few more home and homes like the Red Raiders are going to do with with Texas A&M. Yep. Level, I appreciate the time as usual. Good stuff today. Thank you to uh, the folks at Cantex Roofing for being a part of this one. Certainly appreciate uh, them sponsoring these uh, these podcasts. Enjoyment, or let's see, Woodman, I enjoyed the time. Sorry. Uh, it good. was a late night in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, you got um, back late. <laughs> yeah, I've got UT on the mind. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm just kind of rattling off there. But uh, no, enjoyed the time with you. Uh, good questions as always and uh, we will uh, talk to you next week big week of hoops and more baseball going and spring football right around the corner absolutely this has been the ask level podcast brought to you by double t 97.3 you've been listening to the ask level podcast powered by double t 97.3